suddenly they're like a thunderbolt. I mean, it's like a strange power coming across from my feet and it crossed me over the head and I fall down. I could move myself, but I was in the floor on my thumb. I just roll and go to the bedroom. I haven't understood what is happening. And then I took the phone and called my wife that I have something wrong with my body. I'm in trouble. I wake up next morning. I mean, it's like I slept around 12 to 14 hours. And then I realized that I can move my legs. I can move my hands, everything, and I can talk. In total, then I was in hospital for around 22 days. December 24, I become separated from my missus and I started living alone. That was the hardest time because I was living in a shared accommodation with my friends. And though everybody goes to work, only I'm at home. We have a big family, like we are five sisters and three brothers. Both my parents have died long back. They all live in Bangladesh, only me living in Australia. Be positive and fight it. That's the main thing. And uh, family-wise, give him time. Don't put him like an old furniture that you are worthless now. No, don't do it. Please console him that everything will be fine. Hello, this is Stroke Stories. I'm Mark Goodyear. The effects of a stroke can vary hugely, and they depend on where the stroke takes place in the brain and how big the area of damage is. Stroke causes more disabilities than any other condition, with over three-quarters of stroke survivors reporting weakness in their arms and legs. And while the health services are amazing these days with diagnosis and treatment, after a stroke, patients sometimes find there aren't enough resources to help them while they recover. So we started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out and to hear from stroke survivors. In this podcast, we'll be hearing from two stroke survivors. First, Iqbal Buyan, who suffered a stroke while at home at the age of 47. I used to be a football player in my country. I migrated to Australia in 2013, June. It's a new situation, new place. It took little time to be settled down. But suddenly, I have a little baby boy. He was only eight months old. I was not working at that time. One day I was sitting in the laptop and doing some application for a job. Suddenly I was sitting in the chair and my legs are on the floor. Suddenly they're like a thunderbolt. I mean, it's like a strange power coming across from my feet and it crossed me over the head and I fall down. When I was in the floor, it's like a frog. The frog spread their legs and their feet too. So I was in the floor, I could move myself, but I was in the floor on my thumb. I tried to roll. I mean, roll, you understand, like a carpet rolls. I just roll and go to the bedroom. I haven't understood what is happening. And then I took the phone and called my wife that I have something wrong with my body. I'm in trouble. But at the time she was at work and she replied that I cannot assist you at this moment. I need to talk to my supervisor and I'll catch you back after 10 minutes. I'm so okay. But I still now, I couldn't move myself. I was in the floor. I couldn't move left, right, no. I only can roll, but I cannot move myself. My wife came at 3.30. When she came back, she saw me like this. She called an ambulance. Ambulance came within 10 minutes. And uh, they pull me together on the stretcher and uh, get me down. They take me outside of the house. Even then, I cannot walk. I mean, I can't stand on my feet. 
It's strange. It's like the earth is pulling you down. That is the trouble. So then I went to my GP. It was very close, only five minutes drive. And GP looked at me and he says, no, you have to go to the hospital. So the ambulance was waiting out there. The ambulance took me to the hospital. I was living in Eastlake in Sydney at that time. And the hospital is around 10 minutes drive from my home. That was Randwick Hospital, Prince of Wales Hospital. And they went there and they put me to acute stroke unit. Iqbal was determined to get better as quickly as possible. I wake up next morning. I mean, it's like I slept around 12 to 14 hours. And then I realized that I can move my legs. I can move my hands, everything, and I can talk. In total, then I was in hospital for around 22 days. But I must tell you, after two days lying on the bed, I can move my hand and the nurses help me to stand on my feet and they try to uh, let me walk. And I walk and walk and they told me everything about what will happen, what might cause my uh, the stroke. And they said, you had a stroke. Trouble is, my father had a stroke. He died in a stroke. So actually, we are in family wise. We know what is a stroke. He became paralyzed for a long time and he finally died. So I tried to walk. I didn't want to end up in the bed. So I tried to walk. In the hospital, they advised me to go to physiotherapy. They take me. There is a small gym in the hospital. And I went there and I tried to walk, walk, walk. Look. My entire left side, left limb and left hand was almost paralyzed. My means it become very happy to lift, very heavy to lift. But I try to recover and I walk a lot. Hospital was very big. If I wanted to walk around, it's like around three kilometers. So I try to do it in two, three days, two, three times. Before I go to sleep, at least 45 minutes walk in the corridor, and then I go to sleep. It makes me weak, so it gives me very good sleep. And I joined the physiotherapy, and they did me a physiotherapy. Although Iqbal's physical recovery was going well, his stroke was the start of an emotionally difficult time. I didn't go to work. I was at home, but after a stroke life, it's different. I mean, different means my missus think that I will become paralyzed and I will be a responsibility for her. So there is a big problem issue in the family. And finally, she left me. December 24, I become separated from my missus and I started living alone. That was the hardest time because I was living in a shared accommodation with my friends. And though everybody goes to work, only I'm at home. We have a big family, like we are five sisters and three brothers. Both my parents have died long back. They all live in Bangladesh, only me living in Australia. Okay, so they support me a lot. They always had a contact with me. They support me a lot and it helped me a lot. And after that, after two years, I got divorced and I went back to Bangladesh and I got married. And with the grace of God, I have a little daughter now. <laughs> After six months, I'm trying to recover myself. In between, I lose a lot of weight. I was 70 kilo when I had my stroke. When I came from the hospital, I become 62. That means I lose, lost 10 kg. And after that, slowly, slowly I recover. And it took in total eight months to be normal again. Normal means I feel normal. Not the doctor feel. Doctor feel you are okay. No, but I feel like I can run. I can do my housework, I can drive. These are the things I, this was my normal activities of my life, previous my stroke. So when I feel that, yes, I am now ready, 
then I applied for a job and I got a job. I had a part-time job. Uh, it was for six hours, three days a week, and I continued for around one year. Everything was fine. Left side was little disturbing. I mean, if I wanted to punch someone, I want my hands to go, but it's not going. Do you understand what I mean? I like to pull something with my left hand. I'm trying pushing all my pressure on that, but it's my hands are not listening to me. My command, that is the trouble. And after one year, everything became normal. Iqbal made contact with the National Stroke Foundation and a local support group. They sent me newsletters and other uh, functions if they got. I attended some ceremonies like uh, stroke assist and I went there. There is a stroke forum in Australia. We are in the hospital in Aquat Store there. And I met so many people who had stroke. In Australia, young people like 25, 26, within 35 got strokes. A lot of patients are there. Elderly people uh, above 50, it's 50 or 60 is a normal thing. But 25 plus is not a, it's an abnormal thing totally. But I find many people who are uh, below 30, but they had a stroke. We can discuss, like, what is your problem? What did you face? What is your problem? What did you face? What are you eating? How is the family situation and others? It's like thing, you exchange your views and your problems. It helps you better. Some people say, how you recover? I said, this is my story. And others say, okay, fine, this is my story. So we can learn a lot from the stroke group. And he puts his quick recovery down to one important factor. You have to have a strong mindset that I have to be normal again. This is the main key factor. See, I was a chain smoker at that time, like two packs a day, like 40 sticks. And after that stroke, I stopped smoking like 40 to 5. I avoid some unhealthy foods and I lose weight. I feel that I am healthy. I can work sometime in my workplace. They give me work for eight hours and I can do eight hours serial job. I'm an industrial cleaner and sometimes I work in a paper mill. Sometimes my company shut down the mill and we had to work long. Sometimes I work for 12 hour shift. It doesn't matter. I didn't feel that I had a stroke. I work, I work, I work. My duties, I know everything, so I know what to do. Uh, 15, 12 hour shift is not a problem for me. And I really nowadays forget that I had a stroke. I'm trying to get a full-time job. Sometimes it's available, sometimes not. But sometimes, yes, I, I want to work full-time, yes. I am happy now. At least I can work. If I can work, I have to go out. I have to drive. So it gives me a little happiness. I uh, End of the week, when the money comes, it's wonderful. I'm very happy that I'm doing something. For me, for my kids' future, at the same time, the paying tax for the government. That's it. I want to start a full-time job. Uh, and I want to be more healthy, like I wanted to be a happy person in health-wise. At the same time, uh, I want to meet all my kids together and have a nice life. Be positive and fight it. That's the main thing. And uh, family-wise, give him time. Don't put him like an old furniture that you are worthless now. No, don't do it. Please console him that everything will be fine. Iqbal's stroke was followed by a tough family situation, which left him isolated from his siblings who were living in Bangladesh at the time. However, after plenty of determination and support from his friends in Australia, 
Iqbal was able to return to work and enjoy life again. Still to come on this episode of Stroke Stories. I find it quite hard to type and I was thinking, I don't know if I was tired, did I have a mic or am I so weak? My eyes and my head, I can't see. But if I'm honest, that's the only thing I'll ever remember during that exact point. I wasn't understanding and knowing what was actually happening. I saw my family at this point, my mind, my heart, everything was everywhere. The first month I don't remember at all. I woke up, I was in the hospital bed and there was some family there and I was thinking, okay, but I didn't talk at this point because I couldn't talk. I was just looking what I could see. If I'm honest, you get up and down times and I am very, very, like I always say after this happened, I'm so, so grateful and gratitude that I'm here now and I'm alive. It could have been much, much more worse. But yes, I get really sad and up and down. Sometimes I'm emptied and very frustrated because I've now got a failure. Even when I was at the rehab, I couldn't even say my name. I couldn't say it in my family's name. I didn't even know what basic things in life was called. That is so important, managing to talk to someone you feel comfortable about how you're feeling, what's happened. Talking on the phone, typing, write down your ideas, asking a friend, asking a family. You're not alone, you're going to get better and everything in life will take time. This is Alicia Malhotra, who was just 26 when she suffered her stroke. I've never taken a day off being a teacher, not because I have to, um, it's because I love, I just love being there. But this particular day, my mum took a day off because normally she works, but she had a migraine. So she said, why don't you just take the day off? And I said, no, no, I don't want to take the day off. I'll come, I'll come. So I got all ready. I was going to drive, but then I wasn't 100%, but I don't know exactly what was going on. So I thought the best thing is to ask the office and tell the office that I won't be able to make it. But I called them, but no one, it didn't come through. The second thing is, was asking my friend. I texted and I said, listen, I won't be able to make it. But when I was typing at this exact point in the morning, I find it quite hard to type. And I was thinking... I don't know if I was tired, did I have a migraine? Am I so weak? My eyes and my head, I can't see. But if I'm honest, that's the only thing I'll ever remember during that exact point. I wasn't understanding and knowing what was actually happening. I saw my family at this point, my mind, my heart, everything was everywhere. Alicia's stroke was severe and the early stages of her recovery still remain a blur. The first month I don't remember at all. I woke up, I was in the hospital bed and there was some family there and I was thinking, okay, but I didn't talk at this point because I couldn't talk. I was just looking what I could see. I didn't really understand and I just thought, I'm going to be okay. This is one thing I remember very early at the January. They said, we don't know if you're going to be alive and we don't even know if you'll have wheelchair, if you can speak, read. They didn't know this and then... At the rehab, I had lots of people who helped you in terms of cooking. They took me shopping. The right part of my arms and my leg was so, so weak. And I remember this particular thing, which is quite interesting. They had to show me this kind of like app. And it's like, this is a picture of the baby. And I knew what a baby was, but it wasn't coming out. I could see the pictures. They are some basic stuff like, is that a boy or girl? But I couldn't say it. I thought... It must be so natural. I must be so tired. Or maybe I just need to rest. I wasn't understanding what was happening. I knew I was ill, but I didn't. Maybe right at the end, probably at the rehab, I thought, 
this is actually a proper stroke. But if I'm really honest, I was out there for five months at the hospital. But when I came home, I didn't even accept it. I just thought, I'm going to get better. After almost half a year in hospital, Alicia's rehabilitation continued when she moved back home. I was living at my mum and dad's. Lots of people were just coming to my house and then coming and going. And then someone was looking in terms of cooking. How do you make a sandwich? I thought, everyone's helping me, but I'm fine. Let's just wait for a couple of months. I'll be much better. I was hoping, actually, I'll be back to work, primary school. I wasn't going to give up with that. It took a long, long time. Obviously, I did get better and I am getting better, but it's a completely new chapter than it used to be. If I'm honest, you get up and down times and I am very, very, like I always say after this happened, I'm so, so grateful and gratitude that I'm here now and I'm alive. It could have been much, much more worse. But yes, I get really sad and up and down. Sometimes I'm emptied and very frustrated because I've now got a failure. Even when I was at the rehab, I couldn't even say my name. I couldn't say it in my family's name. I didn't even know what basic things in life was called. I'm still doing speech and language. I just have to try and say the best I can. I want to like help others now and think you're not alone and to meet new people and talk about it. It's not easy to talk because people might just say, oh, you're fine. I was like that, but I think it's probably better to say exactly what I'm feeling. Against the odds, Alicia was able to return to the job that she loved. I still look after young children. I do nursery in year one. I've now started like volunteering for Stroke Association, which is when we get to do like, on a Monday coffee. And what I really, really like about this, and I didn't even know this before the stroke, you get to talk to people about what happened to your stroke? How are you feeling now? What would you recommend? What's your next goal? So I'm doing lots of new things that I used to do before. Um, I work for like Great Ormond on the weekend, but I still do speech and language once a week. And the reason why is because I don't want to give up. Like some people I've heard like, oh, I'd want to be in bed every day. But I thought about that at some point because obviously sometimes you don't want to do anything. But majority, I just want to wake up every day and just get better, I guess. But truth is, inside, sometimes I'm so empty and my heart hurts. And I just, it reminds me exactly what happened. I get that back and I remember this happened. Am I going to get better? Or sometimes I'll be really, really sad. I'll be crying. Sometimes it might be a really good day. And the reason why is I do think, yeah, the stroke has made a difference. You have to just try the best you can do. Every other week I'll get really bad days and I want to be on my own. I'll tell you what I've realised is that when I get the bad days, I get up and I think, okay, that was a bad day, but today's a good day. Here, Alicia reflects on the importance of sharing her story with other people. Some people might be like scared and they don't want to accept or talk about it. But honestly, it is one of the best things in terms of helping others. And you shouldn't be scared about what's happened. When I was at home, the first thing I remember on Facebook, the first thing I typed was stroke. And then I was typing a phase. I did it for nearly every day. The reason was I was trying to meet people. And then I read it and I was like, I'm because ne- I've never heard of this family have never heard of that friends have never heard of that even with my family they even did a lot 
in terms of typing, finding out more, how to meet new people. So yeah, it'd make a massive, massive difference because we didn't know this before at all. I wouldn't have looked into half of this. Now I know so much more about what's happened. And I've got a lot of things I want to do. I try to write down my ideas each year. I hope that every year gets better. What I want to definitely continue, like 100% raise awareness, doing speeches everywhere, just so that I'm not alone and I'm not scared like to talk about it now. So like, this is what happened. Yes, this is sad, but I just want to do anything to help others, I think. And and if I can help in any way, even if it's one person, and I've got my blog on Facebook, and I think it's good for people. Not necessarily don't want to speak on the phone. If you write down your ideas, and you get to see before and after, it will make you so much better. I believe that is so important. Managing to talk to someone you feel comfortable about how you're feeling, what's happened, talking on the phone. Typing, write down your ideas, asking a friend, asking a family. You're not alone. You're going to get better. And everything in life will take time. Although Alicia continues to recover from the major stroke she suffered, she's also determined to make a difference in other people's lives through her role as a teacher and her charity, public speaking and mentoring work. If you're listening to this podcast and have had a stroke or somebody close to you has and you'd like to learn more, search for the Stroke Association online for a dedicated webpage, search NHS Strokes. And if you're listening to Stroke Stories on iTunes, please subscribe to the series, rate and comment because that will help us spread the word even further. The Stroke Stories podcast is produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.